0: chapter thirty six of whispering smith by frank spearman this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirty six duty the stir of the town over the shooting of banks seemed to marion in her distress to point an accusing finger at her the disgrace of what she had felt herself powerless to prevent now weighed on her mind and she asked herself whether after all the responsibility of this murder was not upon her even putting aside this painful doubt she bore the name of the man who had savagely defied accountability and now it seemed to her was dragging her with him through the slough of mud and dishonour into which he had plunged the wretched thought would return that had she listened to him had she consented to go away this outbreak might have been prevented and what horror might not another day bring what lives still closer to her life be taken for herself she cared less but she knew that sinclair now that he had begun would not stop in whichever way her thoughts turned wretchedness was upon them and the day went in one of those despairing and indecisive battles that each one within his own heart must fight at times with heaviness and doubt mccloud called her over the telephone in the afternoon to say that he was going west on the evening train and would not be over for supper she wished he could have come for her loneliness began to be insupportable toward sunset she put on her hat and started for the post office in the meantime, Dixie, at home, had called McCloud up and told him she was coming down for the night. He immediately cancelled his plans for going west, and when Marion returned at dusk, she found him with Dixie at the cottage. The three had supper. Afterward, Dixie and McCloud went out for a walk, and Marion was alone in the house when the shop door opened and Whispering Smith walked in. It was dusk. "'Don't light the lamps, Marion,' he said, sitting down on a counter-stool as he took off his hat. "'I want to talk with you just a minute, if you don't mind. "'You know what has happened. "'I'm called on now to go after Sinclair. "'I've tried to avoid it, but my hand has been forced. "'Today I've been placing horses. "'I'm going to ride tonight with the warrant. "'I've given him a start of twenty-four hours, hoping he may get out of the country.' To stay here means only death to him in the end, and what is worse, the killing of more and innocent men. But he won't leave the country. Do you think he will? Oh, I don't know. I'm afraid he will not. I don't think I have ever hesitated before at any call of this kind, nor at what such a call will probably sometime mean. But this man I've known since we were boys. If I had never seen him! that brings up another point that has been worrying me all day i could not help knowing what you have had to go through in this country it is a tough country for any woman your people and mine were always close together and i felt bound to do what i could to don't be afraid to say it make my path easier something like that though there's been little real doing What this situation in which Sinclair is now placed may still mean to you, I do not know. But I would not add a straw to the weight of your troubles. I came tonight to ask a plain question. If he doesn't leave the country, I've got to meet him. You know what in all human probability that will mean. For such a meeting, only one of us can come back. Which shall it be? I'm afraid I don't understand you. Do you ask me this question? how can i know which it shall be what is it you mean i mean i will not take his life in a fight if it comes to that if you would rather he should come back a sob almost refused an answer to him how can you ask me so terrible a question it is a question that means a good deal to me of course and i don't know just what it means to you but that's the point i'm up against I may have no choice in the matter, but I must decide what to try to do if I have one. Am I to remember first that he is your husband? There was a silence. What shall I say? What can I say? God help me, how am I to answer a question like that? How am I to answer it? Her voice was low and pitiful when her answer came. You must do your duty. What is my duty then? to serve the paper that's been given to me i know but not necessarily to defend my life at the price of his the play of a chance lies in deciding that i can keep the chance or give it away that is for you to say or take the question of duty again you are alone and your friends are few haven't i any duty toward you perhaps i don't know a woman's heart I used to think I did, but I don't. My duty to this company that I work for is only the duty of a servant. If I go, another takes my place. It means nothing except taking one name off the payroll and putting another on. Whatever he may have done, this man is your husband. If his death would cause you a pang, it shall not be laid at my door. We ought to understand each other on that point fairly before I start tonight. "'Can you ask me whether you ought not to take every means to defend your own life, "'or whether any consideration ought to come before that? "'I think not. "'I should be a wicked woman if I were to wish evil to him, "'wretched as he has made me. "'I am a wretched woman, whichever way I turn. "'But I should be less than human if I could say that to me "'your death would not be a cruel, cruel blow.' There was a moment of silence. Dixie understood you to say that you were in doubt as to whether you ought to go away with him when he asked you to go. That is why I was unsettled in my mind. The only reason why I doubted was that I thought by going I might save better lives than mine. I could willingly give up my life to do that. But to stain it by going back to such a man, God help me. "'I think I understand. "'If the unfortunate should happen before I come back, "'I hope only this, that you will not hate me "'because I am the man on whom the responsibility has fallen. "'I haven't sought it, and if I should not come back at all, "'it is only good-bye.' "'He saw her clasp her hands convulsively. "'I will not say it. "'I will pray on my knees that you do come back. "'Good-night, Marion.' Someone is at the cottage door. It's probably McLeod and Dixie. I will let them in. End of chapter 36